You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hey there. Boy, that weekend flew by, huh? Almost like a, a ball off the bat of Aaron Judge. Here, here comes the weekend. There goes the weekend. Hi, this is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Home to, as you probably already have heard, Michael K. Show trivia champion Gordon Damer. Also, the uh, one and only destination to hear uh, Stump Rothenberg living legend Gordon Damer. Now effective, up to 87% accuracy. But a whole bunch to do on this Monday morning, so um, probably shouldn't be messing around, right? Sports really back yet. The NBA slate of games yesterday. The NHL is back. Rangers hockey this afternoon. Here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York as they play. Um, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I know this one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull my Stump Rothenberg, put my Stump Rothenberg hat back on. Uh, they play, I think they play the Hurricanes, right? Yeah, I think they play the Hurricanes. I'm going to go with Hurricanes, final answer. I'm not even going to phone a friend, mostly because I don't have any. Uh, the Islanders, my Islanders, they uh, play tomorrow. Try to take commanding 2-0 lead. But no, we're not going to start with the NBA. We're not going to start with the NHL. Not going to start with the golf. We're not going to start with the MLS. We're going to start with the Yankees. The team that runs this town, the New York Yankees, God's team. You know, America's team might be the Cowboys. They can have that. Uh, I think there's a statement to be made that 19, the fact that uh, America's team has not won anything since 1996, that, uh, it's probably a joke in there somewhere. But who knows how long this baseball season will last? Another day, another week, another month? Really tough to know. Maybe it lasts all the way to the end of the season. Very much up in the air. What's not debatable, though, the Yankees are awesome. Fire up the music, Brian. There we go. A little slow. It's, it's a Monday, right? You're just trying to get into it. Oh, the parade, the hit parade just keeps coming. The winds just keep coming. Now, I don't know how much longer they're going to be able to do it. I don't know how much longer baseball is going to be able to do it. Hopefully for the whole season. But these teams, are, I mean, they're dropping like flies here. Phillies are back, though. Hey, hey, look who's back from quarantine. The Philadelphia Phillies. The, the Cardinals going down. But the one constant, the one thing you can count on is the New York Yankees. Beat the Red Sox last night, 9-7. And who did it? Who was the guy who was able to do it? Your face of New York sports, my face of New York sports, our face of New York sports, the face of New York sports. Oh my goodness. Swag and a high fly. There he is. Well struck. Left field. That one back there, and you can forget it. Over the bullpen and gone for Judge, his second of the night. And this one gives the Yankees the lead in the eighth. Aaron Judge has done it again. Sixth of the year. And the Yankees on top 9 7 as he deposited that one over the bullpen in left center. Now, it's, it's tough, I will grant you, it is a little tough to keep track of them, right? 
He hits a home run in this inning. He hits a home run in that inning. He hits a home run pretty much every inning. The best player in the sport he plays. Tell me, Michael. A home run for Judge. And the Yankees lead 3-1. Drill to left field. There it goes. See ya. A three-run home run for Judge. And the Yankees come back and they lead this one eight to six. Here's Judge. High fly ball right center. Do you have the uh, Vescursion? On the run, Bradley leaps. It is gone. A home run for Aaron Judge. A two-run blast. And that gives the Yankees a two-to-one lead. Having a guy like Jeter and Damon to wear down. Oh, oh my goodness! Aaron Judge has done it again! Homer's in five straight! Santa Maria! Oh, Matt Vaskirjan, almost more excited than I am. That's hard to do. The best player in the sport that he plays right now, at least right now, at least in this moment. The next moment, not promised to anyone. But the Yankees now 7-1, and one, judges homered in five straight games, six home runs on the season. He had more clutch hits last night than the Mets have had all season. The baseball terminator, Aaron Judge. Oh, my goodness. Fire up the music again, Brian. I'm just fired up on a Monday. There you go. Yes. The parade, the wheel keeps turning. Now, even, even I, as over the top as I am, I wouldn't compare him to Tiger Woods or LeBron James just yet. But hey, Sunday Night Baseball, you know, sometimes things are said. But what a start to the season for Aaron Judge. What a start for the Yankees, especially when you consider they're in first place and the team that's in second place in the American League East is a team the Yankees have beaten 18 times in a row. Feels like a good – I have to be honest. I'm in baseball mode right now, and it's great to have the other sports back, and this was the first weekend where you really had that, and the NBA is back. And I tried to watch some NBA, but I couldn't uh, get into it. And I realize you need to, and I know why, you have to have games before the playoffs, right? You can't, I don't think you can just come back and just start the playoffs right away. So I get that. But I need something on the line. I need something to uh, get excited. You know, there has to be repercussions. And right now, you know, as you're playing these, uh, these warm-up kind of games, they count as the games, but it doesn't really feel like it's got what's on the line like when you get to the playoffs. And I got to be honest with you, not even in a pandemic can you get me to watch Nets and Wizards. Uh, That's not going to – maybe a zombie apocalypse. Maybe. And with the way 2020 is going, maybe we'll find that out. But right now I'm in Yankee mode, and at least partly because I don't know how much I'm going to get. I don't know how much of uh, the season I'm going to get. I hope it's the whole thing because it's been fun so far. It's been great to watch them in a day-in, day-out basis when they uh, eventually got the thing with the Phillies settled and they moved on to the Orioles series, but with the Marlins and the Phillies and now the Cardinals, that's always kind of lurking in the back of your mind, right? Now now you're going to have to deal with a Cardinals team that's going to have to shut things down for a little while. And who knows if that's going to be the last team to be shut down. It doesn't seem like, though, at least with the Phillies, the Phillies, I think, come back today. And I think they come back against the Yankees. So uh, it doesn't seem like the, the Marlins infections transferred to the Phillies. So uh, let's hope that that's the case. Let's hope that it's the case that baseball teams are not transferring the the virus and infecting other people while the games are going on. It certainly seems like, at least the reporting that I've seen, that the Marlins were not being careful 
And uh, we'll have to see if that's also the case with the Cardinals, too. But uh, the only thing that can stop the Yankees at this point, maybe have maybe someone tell Dr. Fauci to move over because Aaron Judge is here. Judge is so good, I heard, and I did not see this, but I heard that the cardboard cutouts at City Field actually stood up after the second home run. Even they all rise for the great Aaron Judge. And five of his six home runs this year have given the Yankees the lead. And since last season, Katie Sharp, always great with the stats, 57% of Aaron Judge's home runs have given the Yankees the lead. I don't know, but I think that is pretty good. And, you know, she has some great stats. I've actually worked some numbers over myself. And you never can trust my math, but at least according to my calculations, I'm pretty sure the Yankees have already clinched the American League East. I think that's already done, people. And you know what's really kind of scary is that the Yankees haven't even really been all that great yet. What are you talking about? They're 7-1. and one. Well, Torres hasn't hit. Sanchez has looked completely lost, right? What does he have? Two hits on the season? I think Gardner only has one. Hicks has looked shaky. What was going on with him in the outfield last night? It looked like one of those, uh, those body-switching movies from the 80s where he's never played center field before. I don't know what's going on there. Paxton hasn't pitched well. Chapman hasn't pitched at all. So uh, let's, be all, let's all be thankful that we have the Yankees and we have the face of New York sports, Aaron Judge, the biggest star we have in this town, giving us all something to agree on in these very contentious and arguing times. And that is that he's awesome. The Yankees are awesome, and at least we have that to count on. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Now, look, I'm breaking the rules of sports talk radio. Usually in that first segment, you're supposed to do something. It'll stir up a little bit of a debate. In the opening segment, I can't do it. Aaron Judge is more powerful than sports talk radio. You, You can't. What are you supposed to argue? It would be like arguing he's not tall. I, I don't know what else to do. Aaron Judge is more powerful than even the rules of sports talk radio. The Mets, on the other hand, could screw up a one-car funeral. Now, the uh, opening segment, of course, we uh, led with the Yankees. Yankees last night, in case you went to bed a little early, they might have been trailing when you went to bed, but they, they pulled it out. All because of this guy, uh, Aaron Judge, the face of New York sports with his second home run of the night, Yankees beat the Red Sox 9-7. So the Yankees improved to 7-1. and one. And, you know, some people think it's unfair. You know, I'm obviously a Yankee fan, so I'm going to shade things through a Yankee prism. And, and everything with the Yankees is great, and everything with the Mets is terrible. But, you know, we came up, I came up with, the, you know, a little theme song for the Yankees. We play a little music. Right, this is the music, the Blues Brothers music. I actually introduced my son to Blues Brothers, uh, the Blues Brothers, over the weekend. We only watched maybe the first half hour, but uh, I got him into it. He's, he's into it. But you hear that music, right? Because it's like, uh, you know, you, you fire up the band, right? The Yankees, the wheel keeps spinning. All this great success that they have. And we came up with that when the Yankees signed Garrett Cole. And so far, so good. So far, so good. But, you know, it's, it, it is a little unfair because when we do the Mets, you know, we play the, play the Yankee music one more time, Brian. Right? It's a, it's a joyful, it's an excitement. But we have not had any music for the Mets. So let's see, Brian, do you have any music that would be indicative of how the Mets season has gone so far this year? Anything in the. Oh, team? I got some. All right, hit me, hit me with it. Ah, there you go. 
2020. New York Mets. Yeah, maybe you haven't followed, right? There is actually quite a bit to cover. And usually, usually you would have a situation, right? The team has now lost. They lost again yesterday. So that's one, two, three. That's five in a row. Uh, They are in last place, even in a division riddled with teams that are just coming down with the virus left and left. It's amazing. They have the teams in their own division that have had games canceled because of the coronavirus, and yet the Mets are the disappointment. And we're 90 innings, essentially, into the season. I know it's a very short season, but a lot of the same problems exist. Right? You can't score for DeGrom. You can't get a big hit when you need it or ever. The bullpen still stinks. Diaz is still Diaz. Not even Gary, Keith, and Ron can put a happy face on that. And, you know, usually a day like yesterday, where, again, you've lost five in a row, uh, and you left, I think it was 10, 12? I, who can keep track? Men on base. I think it was 12 men on base. I think they went one for 15 with runners in scoring position. Again, who can keep track after all? Those all would be the story, generally, usually, not with the Mets. Because during the game yesterday, you got this statement from the team that Yoannis Cespedes, he actually turned out to be the headline yesterday. He turned out to be the back page yesterday because you get this statement from the team during the game that Yoannis has gone AWOL, quote, As of game time, this is from the team. Ioannis Cespedes has not reported to the ballpark today. He did not reach out to management with any explanation for his absence. Our attempts to contact him have been unsuccessful. Now, you know me. I like to joke. I like to have fun. I'm not a show that's going to be uh, generally tackling the important issues of the day. We like to have a little laugh. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. You got enough things to worry about, right? But when you put out a statement like that, you you immediately think the worst, right? This guy's gone missing. This guy, who knows? So the first thing you think, or at least the first thing I thought, and maybe you disagree, 1-800-919-ESPN, but the first thing that I thought is, why are you telling me this? Like, shouldn't you be looking for him right now? Like, shouldn't you find out what the situation is before you... you, What does informing us do? I mean, it's not an amber alert. You're not... I'm not going to track him down. That's your job. So it's one of those things like, why are you telling... Either you don't know, and then you have bigger things than this statement to focus on right now, or you do know... And this is a way to kind of cover yourself. So that's the poll question for today. It's up on Twitter, uh, at Gordon Damer. Who do you blame more for the the situation with the Mets yesterday? Do you blame Cespedes for the way uh, he handled things, or do you blame the Mets for the way they handled things? And, you know, it's amazing. In 2020, we can all pretty much agree if a player in any sport wants to opt out because of health concerns, pre-existing conditions, family situation. You can't criticize that. 
If that's the way they feel, that's the way they feel. You know, Jets said uh, players opt out. The Giants have had players opt out. You can't criticize them in any way, and I agree with that. But yet even the Mets can find a way to break up that universal truth, right? Like we, we all say you can't criticize, and yet they, they find the loophole. They find the, 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 the silver lining to be able to do so. Now, at first, we didn't have an answer for why he didn't show up, and then slowly it came out that he has decided to opt out because I guess at least one of the stories was he has family members that are in a risk group and that baseball has not done a good enough job protecting its players. So that's why he's opting out. The Post has the story about how that's not entirely true. Maybe that is a factor, but he had already went to the manager and the GM to complain about it. Bats impacting his contract, which immediately tells you that that statement that the Mets put out about, we don't know where he is, we have no, he didn't contact us at all, it, it was really out there to shame him. Now, if I had a vote in the poll question for today, who do I blame more for the fiasco? Well, I would blame Cespedes. <laughs> I don't even really think it's, it's really up for much of a debate. If, if the facts as they seem right now are true, that he did not contact the team in any way telling them that, yes, I have decided to opt out for the season, that he simply had some issues with his contract and made the, uh, the, the manager and the GM aware of them that he, he had a, a, an issue. Not even that it was to the extent of, I'm going to leave if you guys don't play me. But he just kind of informed the, you know, a grievance of, uh, of playing time. But if he didn't do anything more than that and then just cleaned out his hotel room and took off without taking – I mean, who else would you blame for that? Now, granted, the Mets made it worse, and the Mets have almost as long – I would say probably a longer track record – of doing what they did here with other players in the past. But if I'm looking, who am I going to blame more for the fiasco yesterday? There's really only one answer to have. And that would be Ioannis Cespedes. And in this day and age, uh, I mean, it's kind of outrageous that anybody would give Cespedes a pass for the way that he's handled, assuming... All the things that we know are true, or at least we believe are true right now, are actually true. That he just up and left, cleaned out his hotel room, the team went there, and he was gone, like uh, Kaiser Soze. And like that, he's gone. Then obviously the blame for yesterday, or most of the blame, or more of the blame, the uh, more than 50% of the blame, belongs on Ioannis Cespedes. Although you have to you have to credit him for this, I'm sure that there's Met fans that are just a little bit jealous. They wish they could opt out of Mets baseball as quickly as he did. And you take a look at how he came here and what he did when he arrived here, and all the back and forth of whether or not to sign him, whether the Mets could sign him, they did sign him, they bring him back. And since that moment, oh my God, it's been one thing after another. And we detailed, you know, the Mets' track record of other players leaving and them kind of shaming the guy the way out the door. Boy, Cespedes has a track record himself. And 
it's not all that surprising considering, right, before he got here, he played on all these – he played with the Red Sox, the A's, he goes here, he the Tigers, and he kept bouncing around. And there was a reason why none of those teams wanted to sign him to a long-term contract, and the Mets did, and, and you found out why all those other teams did not want to. So his time with the Mets, boy, that's, that's a 30-for-30 30 30 that will need more than one episode from the way he arrived and the, and the impact he had in the lineup and was the toast of the town as the Mets uh, rode that to uh, the 2015 World Series. And since they brought him back, boy, oh, boy, it had been one thing after another. So I would blame Cespedes obviously more for the way things were handled by him, his, the, the, the impact that he had, right? Now, maybe the Mets would have still shamed him anyway some other way if he decided to opt out because it certainly does seem like the health concerns might have had a, might have played a role, but they weren't the only role. It certainly seems like that the contract was part of it as well. A guy was set to make $29 million, and then they had the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, renegotiation of the contract, and then obviously that gets pared down even further because of uh, the COVID season and everything else. But it's pretty clear, Yoannis Cespedes has not handled things generally the right way, and this is just another log on the fire of that. So I would blame him more for uh, the way things went. But that's not to uh, absolve the Mets of blame, because it is amazing that they put out this statement. And it's almost like they put out the statement to embarrass him. And the way it's worded, the level of concern of people... You know, fans of the game, people who work inside the game. Pretty much was like, oh my God, you know, I, 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 the first name that came to mind to me was Daryl Kyle. That was the first, you, you, you know, that's what you're, that's the level of seriousness you think is going on when a team releases a statement. We don't know where this guy is. He did not inform us. And you're basically putting out that statement saying we're searching for him. We don't know what's going on. And that was not entirely true. They had at least an inkling. And at least an inkling, if not more, that this is what was the situation. So I don't blame the Mets more for the situation yesterday, but there's still, there's still plenty of blame to go on them. Now, I don't think it's the, the majority of the blame. That would still belong on Cespedes. But it's not like the Mets don't have a track record of doing this kind of thing as well. Having a guy like Jeter and Damon to wear down. Oh, oh my oh. goodness! Aaron Judge has done it again! Homer's in five straight! Santa Maria! Two oh. judges hit a bunch to left, he did it again! Oh, oh, oh my! Oh my is right. I actually think he's starting to slack off a little bit. Aaron Judge, uh, the show is now, what, 34 minutes old? He has not hit a a home run in the entire course of this show. What the hell's going on with this guy? Pick it up, Aaron Judge, face of New York sports. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Our poll question up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And it is, who do you blame more for the uh, Mets-Cespedes fiasco yesterday? And at least so far, Cespedes... If you're looking for Cespedes, he's leading the poll question. And you can tell. You know, that's another thing. I said the Mets put out the statement. 
And I don't think that they anticipated what the reaction would be to the statement because as soon as they put out the statement, everybody's like, oh, my God, is this, is this guy okay? Is he safe? And then it was a short while later, the, the team got information to uh, Steve Gelbs. That was this tweet I saw. Maybe they padded it to other people. That, oh, no, we, we don't think that his safety is in any danger. We just don't know where he is. And, and, and all. Well, if you don't know where he is, how do you know for sure that his safety is okay? Very, very odd. And uh, just the latest. I mean, between Cespedes, the different incidents with him, right, with, with the golf, golfing whatever the heck, before games, then the heel surgery, he comes back from being hurt and then <laughs> hits a home run against the Yankees and then announces that he's going to have heel surgery and basically you're never going to see him again. And you think about that contract that he got. It was four years, $110 million. And it will turn out that he will have played, I think, 125 games. 125 games in four years. Wow. There was a reason why a whole bunch of other teams did not want to uh, sign Cespedes to a long-term deal in the Mets of the team that did, and... It turned out uh, the way it turned out. Boy, oh boy, what a disaster. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Before we go to the phones, let me uh, read the uh, Rangers promo. You know me, big Rangers guy that I am. Do I have it here? I do have it. Hey, did you hear Rangers hockey is back? It's back this afternoon, people. little afternoon hockey. The NHL can have an afternoon game, but baseball can't. Uh, but I digress. And MSG is helping you throw the ultimate viewing party with a brand new home entertainment system and free food delivery during the game. For your chance to win, enter the Rangers return sweepstakes at msgnetworks.com backslash ranger sweeps and enjoy Rangers canes today at noon on MSG Network. Rangers return sweepstakes is presented by the New York Post and 98.7 ESPN. All right, so uh, let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And uh, the poll question is up for today. It's Mets-related. Although, i, I got to be honest, you know, Brian, we've been thinking about having another tournament on uh, Saturday. I think it was Saturday. I was uh, sitting on the back patio. And when I'm sitting on the back patio, I'm uh, generally having an adult beverage or two. And uh, sometimes your thoughts get going. Uh-huh. And my wife and I were talking about what's the best, who is the tag team flavor combo of all time? Like the champion two combo, uh, you know, a, a food, two different Ooh. foods that when you combine them, they're the best of all time. And I got to think, chocolate cake and a glass of milk, that has to be as high up on the list as you can have. You know, like the chocolate and the milk. And yes, cookies. for everybody who was floating, well, the milk has to be cold. Obviously, the milk has to be cold. What kind of animals, like, you know what? I want a, a piece of chocolate cake and a glass of milk, but make sure the glass is room temperature. Ugh. Like, obviously, the milk has to be ice cold. But a lot of people brought up a lot of good suggestions, and then it kind of devolved into just their what are two, <laughs> what are two good food. Somebody brought up pretzel, pretzels and apple juice. I mean, you know, look, I'm not saying Pretzels and apple juice? Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad, but that's not... I didn't ask for good food combos. I'm saying what's the best one of all time. And, you know, this was an argument between me and my wife, and we're both on the same page. No one would actually choose Oreos and milk over chocolate chip cookies and milk, right? Oh. Like, Oreo is fine, but it's not a chocolate chip cookie. But if it's a good chocolate chip cookie. 
Well, obviously, if it's, it's no, not, because I, can't, it's, I had it's some that have not been milk. No, but I had some that are not that great. So that's what I'm like thinking. I was it's like, still, yeah. I mean, even a bad chocolate chip cookie is a chocolate chip cookie. This is true. Yeah, I'm already so thinking about. People brought up it. a lot of good ones. I think the you know anytime people bring up beer, it's a little unfair, right? Like anything at beer is going to be good. I think if you were going to go and a combo, burger. I would go hot wings in a beer. Hot wings in a beer. Yeah, okay. hot. Cause I like the hot wing, and it's really you know it's spicy, and you oh, and then you down the cold beer. And yes, obviously it's a cold beer. It's not an. It's See, not my a uncle lukewarm. always does beers and beers and steak, or beer and a hot dog. Well, look, beer and anything <laughs> is pretty good. <laughs> Apple pie and vanilla ice cream somebody brought up. That was another good one. Somebody also brought up uh, Entenmann's cookie. Like, an Entenmann's cookie and a glass of milk, is it, that blows away an Oreo cookie and milk. I'm sorry. It just does. Burgers and fries. A lot of good combos. But, uh, all right, let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Can't figure out why I run out of time every single day. Uh, let's go out to Sal in Aberdeen. Sal, you're first up on uh, ESPN New York. What's going on, buddy? Hey, Brian. I'm mean, Brian. I'm sorry. Gordon. It's so uh, and so. How dare you call me Brian? No, that's fine. I didn't call yours. <laughs> uh, we must be, uh, have the brothers from another mother because I agree with you with all the food. A glass of cold milk and chocolate cake. almost. Oh, the, 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 you could be having the worst day in the world. You get a, a piece of chocolate cake and a nice cold glass of milk. It just improves the day. Absolutely. And also, as Miss Vito said to Joe Pesci, you're wrong about the Mets. They are consistent. They're consistently bad. They just seem to do the wrong thing all the time. <laughs> but with Cespedes, uh, I, I agree. It, it, the onus is on him. It was like he was giving an F you to the Mets, and then the Mets just gave it right back to him. You know? Uh, well, look, I mean, the problem for the Mets is is that this makes them look like more of a joke of an organization, right? So it really it hurt. Yeah. It hurts them and their reputation more than it hurts Cespedes. His, his reputation is pretty, you know, and whether or not he gets another chance someplace else after this season, if, if after this season life goes back to normal and he decides to, to sign someplace else. Uh, I don't think it hurts them that much in the lineup because as other people have floated out, probably getting Dom Smith in there uh, is probably not that great of a drop-off, and at least you get to find out about Dom Smith if you still need to be proven about Dom Smith. But, no, in terms of the reputation, it's just another – and I don't think it's the worst one. I mean, I, I can think of, of no. worse ones that have happened with the Mets just in my, my brief life, but um, it, it certainly doesn't make them look good. It, it's just that they just, they just don't seem to do anyone who puts that uniform on. There's always something that happens to them. They have five DHs on the team right now. They, they just seem like they just don't, don't know what to do when it comes to, to players. I mean, Jacob DeGrom, I feel horrible for that guy. Do you trade him? To get position players, would you trade? I heard something ridiculous on on the fan this morning. Someone was saying that they wouldn't trade Jacob Degrom for Mike Trout. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I would think about it, but I think you got to build around, try to build around Degrom. I, I don't think I would get rid of him either. But well, some that people has, might. <laughs> they've been trying to do that, and it has not worked out all uh, all that well. Uh, and Sal, thanks for the call. Uh, here's one thing that I would I, I would do if uh, if I were the Mets, I would not let anybody who is there right now choose anything. It seems like the team is going to be sold relatively soon. Hopefully, for the Met fans, that is the case because it can't get any worse than it is right now. So I would uh, take this season, and, and, and look, it's only 10 games in. It's only 50 games left. 
who knows? I would I would think that at some point the Mets' bats are going to wake up, and that's what has to kind of carry this team is their bats. They have, uh, even with Cespedes opting out, they have an offense that should be able to score runs. They have not shown that, at least so far, but I do expect that to eventually happen. I, I know there's been a lot of talk about trading Jacob deGrom for this and trading De- Jacob deGrom for that. I would not allow anybody, Brody Van Wagenen, the Wilpons, I wouldn't want the... Just leave it. You ever have a situation where your kids are trying to help you out, but they're just making the situation worse, and you're just like, just leave everything right where it is and get out of the room. That's how I would feel about everybody involved with the Mets right now. I would not allow them to make any major moves before the team is sold to Steve Cohen, to A-Rod, to whoever, uh, and and allow those people to bring in someone, clearly not Brody, and uh, allow them to, uh, to make whatever changes needed to be made. Hey, Brian, do you know what the uh, LaGreca rant counter is up to now? Do we have an official count on that? It's like 200 and something days, right? It's definitely up there. It's Yeah. As this high is as it's record. ever been, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, I would say if you do not get one today based on the Cespedes Mets fiasco, then I would have to think at that point Don is just out of the rant game, right? Like if that doesn't get you fired up as a fan of the team, and the dysfunction that they displayed yesterday with the statement and Cespit, all these different things, I got to think that you just don't, maybe he just doesn't do that anymore. He should have got one possible? for the start of the season. That's what I was surprised about, like the rules changing and all that stuff. Yeah, but, you know, if it doesn't hit you, it doesn't hit you, right? Like uh, you have to, it has to be authentic. And, uh, but I would think that, because like the show for them, I would think it's going to be, you know, who knows what will happen between now and then for the Mets. But you'd have to think that their uh, the show, their show today, is going to be uh, highly focused on that whole disaster yesterday, and 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 when that you know, when you bring that up, you bring up all the previous disasters, including the state of the current team, which is not good. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Go back to the phones. We'll go out to uh, Lewis's and Whippany. Lewis, what's going on, my friend? A hey, good weekend. Get to see some hey. Yankee baseball. Some winning Yankee baseball. You guys- you guys almost lost to a Red Sox. I don't really want to hear it. And they suck. Almost lost. Is, is that do, – did they count those ones in the standings, the almost losses? <laughs> no, they don't. Listen, I'm, I'm still mad at the fact that we let, uh, we let go uh, – Oh, excuse me. But before bed. we start this, Lewis, um, uh, Mr. I, I would just – Brian, can you hit the uh, – can you champion. hit the cut there, Brian? Oh, my God. No, no, not that one, Brian. Uh, Lewis did not uh, properly address me. Say well, you my name. Say my name. There you go. Okay. All right, Lewis. Mr. Michael K. Show Trivia Champion and Saul Rothenberg and Living Legend. Put some stank on <laughs> All the music. All right, go ahead, Lewis. Oh, my God. So, listen, um, I, I, really, I really don't understand how it's always like this, right? Whoever has the more money gets uh, the most support from the poor people, right, from the mm-hmm. common citizen. You have, uh, you have a strike, so the billionaires uh, vilify the millionaires, right? And now uh, you get to uh, college football, which would be the Pac-12 going, you know, going against, um, you know, the players. You know, players going against the Pac-12. And you have people just completely vilifying the players who have everything to lose. You know, future earnings, health, um, their pro careers, everything. And people are just completely just going at them for no reason. Man, I just can't understand why, like... The amount of money that these players bring to the schools, 
in comparison to what they get back to me has never been fair. The whole argument of saying, well, they have a, they have a scholarship, right? That's fine. You know what? I'll give it to you. From time to time, I'll give it to you, right? But now some schools don't even want to guarantee that if the players get sick and, and they can't perform anymore, that they can't guarantee the scholarship. So that whole argument saying, like, hey, you know, they have a scholarship. They get this and they get that. That's out the window now. It's the fact that, you know, Washington, what was it, Washington State released a couple of players for being part of the, uh, for, for being part of the movement. It, it just goes to show you the hypocrisy of these colleges, man. The amount of money these coaches make, the amount of money the, the athletic directors, the chancellors, all those people make on the back of these players, man. I, I just never understand why people just can't see that, you know, vilifying people that are just looking for, you know, I would say because they don't care. Because I mean, it doesn't impact them. I mean, I mean, do you need me to tell you that people are just overall, you know, myself included, we're selfish. We only care about what we just sit there and entertain us, and we don't really care about whatever dangers you're putting yourself into. But that's like, man. I mean, I, I listen, man. Like you're right. I've always said that to people. Everybody votes for their own interests. Everybody does everything for their own interests. We're all selfish in a certain way, right? But come on, man. Like, some things are just kind of, like, bigger than you. And this is one of those things where, like, a lot of these kids, you know, I've heard, I heard uh, a bunch of people that are playing, uh, they're playing, like, you know, those privileged sports, field hockey, uh, let me see, uh, swimming. They're, they're playing all these sports that, yeah, you need a little bit of money to be able to even do it. You can't compare to a lot of these kids that come from impoverished areas. Kids that are literally homeless. And all they're asking is for a little bit of respect, a little bit of money to be able to support his family. I mean, just look at what happened to Reggie Bush. Just because he wanted to be able to support his family, sure, he went to USC and got money for it. But come on, man. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand why people just can't see that, hey, it, 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 it's, it's okay to ask for something when you deserve it. Uh, well, look, I, the, the, the entire setup, especially in college football, is, is set up the power bases with the teams. Right, I mean the fact that the, the players, you know, might be putting themselves at risk, and I, you know, I'm sure there's some of them that'll be willing to take that risk, but uh, it, it's not like that the colleges. I mean, that's how the, the the whole system is kind of set up, right? Players don't really have any power in college football, yeah. and any time that they try to to uh, kind of, you know, give themselves a little bit of power in any way, be it talk of a union, be it talk of this thing or that thing, either owning their own likeness and signature, anything. It, it, everything is, is set up to, for the colleges to make money and, um, and, and not for the yeah, players. I mean, but they, it's not really, they make it's not really all that surprising. Offense, man. The, that? the amount of money they make in comparison to what the players get back is nowhere equal. And again, like I said, no, any, I, other, I, any other time I'll give you the argument of like they have a scholarship and boarding all of this, I'll give it to you any other day. But, you know, it, 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 now with the pandemic and everything, these kids are putting pretty much their life on the line, and people don't seem to realize, and I hate the argument, well, only 1% of people are getting killed. Like, come on, man. Like, that's just a person. Oh, look, I mean, that's a family look, member. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I think that what happens, and Lewis, thanks for the call, I think what happens is, is that um, a lot of people that, you know, they bring up those things, and, you know, sometimes you sit back and, at least for me, I'm saying to myself, you know, how does how how can somebody say this? How can somebody feel that way? And I think what it is is that they have not had someone directly impacted by the virus. And I think that that I think that when you have somebody you know directly impacted by the virus, you're uh, getting back to we're all selfish at the end of the day. 
your viewpoint, your perspective changes. So, you know, for the people that will point out, oh, you know, only 1% of this and, you know, most people are healthy. That's not always – I think that football – I was reading something that if they had a regular college football season, given the numbers, given the infection rates, given all those type of things, that there would probably be 8 to 12 people associated with college football who would die. Now, 8 to 12 – you know, I'm sure there's some people, oh, 8 to 12, that's not that much. <laughs> that's 8 to 12 people who are dead. Yes, that, that kind of is a big deal. It is a kind of a big deal. So, um, look, uh, the college football stuff, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for them to be able to pull that off. I think it's going to be very difficult for the NFL to be able to pull off everything. But at least in that situation, you know, players do have some amount of power. They don't really have that in college football, so it's going to be uh, kind of difficult to, to uh, see them being able to have a complete season given with what the sport is and given what the situation is right now. And the fact that as the, the temperature drops, it seems like the expectation is that the, the situation could get, could get worse. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-37. Leave it to Lewis to bring me down. Leave it to Lewis to bring up things that get me uh, feeling sad and depressed. I got enough of that. And you know what the cure is for that? There is a cure for that kind of sadness and depression. It's the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees continue to roll. That's what we opened the show with today. Yankees winning again last night, continuing to uh, roll. Who knows how long this season, if they were to call the season today, would it be unfair to just name the Yankees the World Series champions? Is that, would that be out of line? I don't feel like it would be. I feel like that would be appropriate and justified. Think about it. I know it's only, what, eight games that they've played because the Phillies can't get their stuff together. But in terms of the Yankees, I feel like they are the champion, at least so far, until further notice. They are the champions of uh... – oh, you know what? There's another thing that I wanted to bring up. Like the Mets – Announced yesterday the thing with Cespedes. Is it completely out of the blue, caught them off guard? No one else brought up the fact that, the, or at least actually I have seen people bring up the fact that, that, that this happened on the same day they just happened to trade for an outfielder. Does anybody else think that that's a little, a little strange? And uh, they got Billy Hamilton, who is probably, for a guy who has had a seven, eight-year career in baseball, probably the least effective player in baseball. Has never been a good player. But as pl- I mean, baseball is that one sport where you can be not that good on a professional level, and yet you can play for a, a fairly long time. Here are Billy Hamilton's, his OPS plus. Like, if you are at 100, that means you're an average player, right? So anything below 100 means you're a below average player. He has had seasons where he's been a god-awful player. And yet he is, he's got another crap. He's 29 years old. This will be his eighth season in the big leagues. His OPS pluses, here you go, from uh, the age of 23 where he was the uh, runner-up for rookie of the year. Uh, he was uh, 81, which is below average. 55, 77, 66, 69, 50, 46, and 81. He's never been even an average player in Major League Baseball. But he's fast. And with the new rules in terms of... Um, you know, starting a runner at second base, I guess maybe he could have some value there. But that's about it. But there you go. The New York Mets. What a weekend. What a weekend it was. And what a show it's been. 
But that's going to do it for today. We're already out of time, as we always are, at the same time. Strange how it pops up the same time every day. But we will be back tomorrow, starting at 5 a.m. Please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. You can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. And we'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.